Welcome to the IT Privacy and Security Weekly Update with Space Man for the week ending January 9th, 2024. This week, we need some space, man. We start with phones and cell phone towers in low Earth orbit, then we move on to one of the most intriguing iPhone compromises we've ever heard, and we've heard plenty. Who's behind this one? Well, that's for you to decide. From there, we learn about a Mandiant account hijack. Wait, aren't they one of the most elite security companies? Weren't they the second most expensive company that Google ever purchased? Then we have a section of the update for slow learners. And we promise it's not this audience. Then it's why we need to patch our Windows servers. Just before a story about catching a pest that finds a new home every Sunday. We end with an update that's good enough to be out of the Jetsons. This is the best IT privacy and security update so far this year. We love it. And we know you will too. Our first story this week comes to us out of low Earth orbit from ArsTechnica.com. Starlink launches first cell phone towers in space for use with LTE phones. Just after the release of last week's podcast, SpaceX launched the first six Starlink satellites that will provide cellular transmissions for customers of T-Mobile and other carriers. SpaceX said it launched 21 satellites overall, including the first six Starlight satellites with direct-to-cell capabilities that enable mobile network operators around the world to provide seamless global access to texting, calling, and browsing wherever you may be on land, lakes, or coastal waters without changing hardware or firmware. The enhanced Starlink satellites have an advanced modem that acts as a cell phone tower in space, eliminating dead zones with network integration similar to a standard roaming partner, the company said. Besides T-Mobile in the U.S., other carriers are Rogers in Canada, KDDI in Japan, Optus in Australia, OneNZ in New Zealand, Salt in Switzerland, and Entel in Chile and Peru. While SpaceX CEO Elon Musk wrote that the satellites will allow for mobile phone connectivity anywhere on Earth, he also described a significant bandwidth limit. It's not meaningfully competitive with existing terrestrial cellular networks. So what's the upshot for you? From U.S. carrier T-Mobile, initially, the service will begin with text messaging, with voice and data coverage to follow in the coming years. Carrier testing of the functionality is due to begin soon. Our next story could be out of Russia, from Kaspersky.com. Kaspersky discloses iPhone hardware feature vital in Operation Triangulation case. Security researchers at Kaspersky have uncovered a significant hardware-based vulnerability in Apple devices exploited in a recent zero-click iMessage attack. This undisclosed hardware feature enables attackers to bypass established security measures and gain control over protected memory regions. Apple has since addressed the issue, CV 2023-38606. The obscure nature of this feature posed a challenge for detection, requiring extensive reverse engineering by Kaspersky's researchers. The process involved a deep dive into iPhone hardware and software integration, focusing on memory-mapped I.O. or MMIO addresses crucial for CPU peripheral communication. We know that all Apple iPhones containing the A12 through A16 chipsets contain this backdoor and always will. We don't know that it's the only backdoor those chipsets contain. But Apple doesn't need another backdoor since they still have access to this one. 
They locked a door in front of this one with the latest updates, but they can always unlock it. After being contacted by Kaspersky, Apple's iOS updates blocked the memory-mapped I.O. access that was discovered being taken advantage of by the malware. Apple's able to run any software they choose on their own phones, which means that Apple still has access to this backdoor should they need to use it. And this means that they've lost plausible deniability. They have the ability to open any iPhone. So what's the upshot for you? This poses a new problem for Apple when law enforcement now comes knocking with a court order, as it's almost certain to, with way below the bar requests for random iPhone unlocking to assist in this or that case. Another fine mess for Apple. Our next story out of the U.S. from ArsTechnica.com. Mandiant, the security firm Google bought for $5.4 billion, gets its X account hacked. Google-owned security firm Mandiant spent several hours trying to regain control of its account on X, formerly known as Twitter, last Wednesday after an unknown scammer hijacked it and used it to spread a link that attempted to steal cryptocurrency from people who clicked on it. Mandiant is one of the leading security companies and best known for helping clients investigate and recover from major network compromises. That vantage point gives it major insights into threat actors, many of them backed by nation states, and the often previously unknown tactics, techniques, and procedures they use to compromise the security of some of the world's most powerful and well-resourced organizations. Google purchased Mandiant in 2022 for $5.4 billion, which at the time was its second biggest acquisition ever. Many questions remain about Mandiant's measures to secure its X account. Among them, was it protected by a strong password and any form of two-factor authentication? Last month, someone claimed to have discovered the social media site was vulnerable to a reflected XSS, a type of vulnerability that can sometimes be used to compromise the security of accounts when a legitimate user currently logged in clicks on a malicious link in a different browser tab. The user said they reported the vulnerability through legitimate channels, but that the submission didn't qualify under the Xbug bounty program. So what's the upshot for you? This validates the old saying regarding getting hacked. It's not if, but when. Comprehensive, layered security makes all the difference, and technologies are evolving that are reducing the inconvenience of increasing your security. Oh, and our next story out of the U.S. from TheVerge.com. LastPass will finally enforce a 12-character minimum master password. (laughs) Following a high-profile security breakdown in 2022, LastPass is finally imposing a 12-character minimum for customers' master passwords. LastPass's security woes are well-documented. Breaches in 2022 allowed hackers to steal customer vault data. If you were affected, this meant the only thing between a bad actor and all of your passwords was the master password used to secure your LastPass account. When all of this came to light a year ago, a year ago, experts criticized the company for not enforcing the 12-character minimum password on older accounts or updating other settings that increased security, like a new minimum standard for password hashing iterations. Finally, both settings will be applied to older accounts too. So what's the upshot for you? Even if you're not a LastPass customer, and we sincerely hope you are not, consider this your sign to revisit critical passwords and double-check relevant settings. A few more characters could make all the difference. Our next story is global from securityweek.com. For Microsoft, the first Patch Tuesday of 2024 is a busy one. 
Microsoft hit the ground running with the first Patch Tuesday release for 2024, rolling out security fixes for at least 49 security defects in a wide range of Windows OS and software components. The company called special attention to a pair of flaws with severe remote code execution risks, urging Windows fleet administrators to prioritize a feature bypass issue in Windows Kerberos and a race condition issue in Windows Hyper-V. The Windows Kerberos problem tracked to CVE 2024-2674 is described as an authentication feature, which could be bypassed to allow impersonation and carries a CVSS severity rating of 9 out of 10. Microsoft also urged immediate patching of CVE 2024-20700, Windows Hyper-V vulnerability, warning that a race condition exposes the operating system to remote code execution attacks. So what's the upshot for you? The rollout also covers security problems in Microsoft Office, Azure, SQL Server, Internet Explorer, Windows Live Archive, and SharePoint Server. Our next global story comes to us from bleepingcomputer.com. Rat campaign busted. A campaign delivering the async rat malware to select targets has been active for at least the past 11 months using hundreds of unique loader samples and more than 100 domains. Async Rat is an open source remote access tool, or RAT for Windows, publicly available since 2019 with functions for remote command execution, key logging, data exfiltration, and dropping additional payloads. The tool has been heavily used by cybercriminals over the years, either as is or in modified form, for establishing a foothold on the target, stealing files and data, and deploying additional malware. In September, AT&T's Alien Labs team of researchers noticed a spike in phishing emails targeting specific individuals in certain companies and started to investigate. The victims and their companies are carefully selected to broaden the impact of the campaign. Some of the identified targets manage key infrastructure in the U.S., AT&T Alien Labs said. The attacks began with a malicious email carrying a GIF attachment that leads to an SVG file that downloads an obfuscated JavaScript and PowerShell script. After passing some anti-sandboxing checks, the loader communicates with the command and control server and determines if the victim is eligible for the async rat infection. The hard-coded command and control domains are hosted on BitLaunch, a service that allows anonymous payments in cryptocurrency, a useful option for cybercriminals. So what's the upshot for you? This one is interesting in that it contains an algorithm to generate a new domain every Sunday for the rats to report into. AT&T was able to decode the logic behind the domain generation system and even predicted the domains that will be generated and assigned to the malware throughout January 2024. The domains used in the campaign follow a specific structure. Our top-level domains use eight random alphanumeric characters, are registered in nicenick.net, use South Africa for the country code, and are hosted on DigitalOcean. So at least now, they can be shut down. Our final story this week is out of the U.S. and comes to us from Twitter.com. Your own robotic personal assistant. The time is tantalizingly near. Matthew Berman reviewed a white paper that we provide a link to and surmised Mobile Aloha might cost as little as 32000 to build and is entirely open source. We're closer than we thought to ubiquitous household robots. All of the parts can be found and purchased right now, many of which can be found on Amazon. It uses imitation learning by combining existing robotic data with human-controlled or teleoperated movements. It also uses basic hardware like cheap webcams mapped to whole-body actions. Because of the battery and additional weight at the bottom, it can lift heavy things without tipping over. And as mentioned, it is completely untethered, allowing it to move around the real world with ease. 
and it can generalize its learning to other behaviors. In one video, it learns to push in chairs and then pushes in other chairs it wasn't actually trained on. The developers have taken Google's Aloha system and augmented it with a mobile base and a whole body teleoperation interface. So what's the upshot for you? You train it initially. The AI model learns from your actions. So when presented with a similar situation, reacts appropriately. With about 50 demonstrations for each task, code training can increase success rates by up to 90%, allowing Mobile Aloha to autonomously complete complex mobile manipulation tasks, such as sauteing and serving a piece of shrimp, opening a two-door wall cabinet to store heavy cooking pots, calling and entering an elevator, and lightly rinsing a used pan using a kitchen faucet. To recap, this week we got some space, man. Elon Musk and T-Mobile are preparing to test space phones. And you know what? This tech will probably work on the phones we have right now. From there, we went deep with the iPhone hack unraveled by security firm Kaspersky. Actually, they probably would never have discovered this very clever memory mapping trick had they not been listening on their own network. The big question now when the cops come banging on Apple's store for access to a phone is, how does Apple say no? We found Mandiant with a hacked X, or aka Twitter account, and the realization that layered security and inconvenience to hackers is the best policy, but it's still not foolproof. And then there it is, a year late, but LastPass finally enforces 12 character passwords and higher encryption on customer accounts. So now both remaining customers are protected, <laughs> provided they change all the passwords that were in LastPass's backups. Next, Microsoft went large with 49 updates for Windows, while AT&T went small and buried a rat. Finally, we got to see the open source Mobile Aloha in action and perhaps had breakfast thrown in. Poor Rosie. And our quote of the week, I visualize a time when we will be to robots what dogs are to humans, and I'm rooting for the machines. Claude Shannon. That's it for this week. Stay safe, stay secure. Please let Rosie in on your way out, and we'll see you in seven.